and welcome to this episode of the Brick and Dodgers Show. <sighs> anyway, um, joining us all the way from outside of, of a town called I don't know, I'm not even going to say what town you're from because that would be kind of I don't want anyone stalking you or anything like that. Uh, we got Brick or the Brickster or the Polar Express Kid. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. We go by all time our kind of nicknames over here. So call me whatever. No harm, no foul. I'm ready to talk some player of the month and talk about whatever else we got lined up. Oh, you, uh, spoiler alert. That's that's what we're going to talk about. Mm. And if you know this guy, he's he's been blowing up on TikTok. He's he's uh, he's, he's ready to uh, give us his player of the month predictions. Joining us from outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, we've got Pseudo LG. How you doing, buddy? I'm great. How are you guys? Doing good. Doing good. It's Taco Tuesday. I had some tacos. Absolutely. So, you know, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it's been good. And you're a newlywed, too. So, uh, congratulations on that. Uh, how, did Ve- how did Vegas treat you? Honestly, we had a really good time. Uh, we, we didn't really go out and do anything too crazy at night. Uh, I wanted to kind of go out and experience the clubs and the nightlife a little bit, but my wife is uh, not nearly the social butterfly <laughs> that I am. <laughs> so um, we we kind of just stayed in later in the evenings, ordered some different food places that you know aren't around the Pittsburgh area that we wanted to try. Unfortunately, we didn't get to try In-N-Out, which was a bummer, because the, pla- the oh. one In-N-Out near where we were didn't deliver for some reason and i was like i'm not doing this i i have to say though one of the uh, i think the worst part about vegas food wise was uh what's oh what's the name of the place i tweeted about it because it was so bad (laughs) oh there's there's a burger place that that everyone tells me to try i've heard uh that uh was it uh wall burgers was not all that great no we have one of those here so we didn't try it Oh, what is it? I'll fi- I'll figure it out. It wasn't yeah. Whataburger. What was it? Ghost Burger Place. What, what was it? Five Guys, was it? No, I love Five Guys. We have that here all the time. Yeah. See, we have a Five Guys here, and I've been told that uh, Five Guys is so much better than, um, than In-N-Out. In-N-Out is overrated, which, you know, I've, I've heard Coog's just rave about it and and uh i've seen the video of of, of kevin god trying uh in and out for the first time and the animal fries and stuff like that and it looks all good and stuff but i mean to me i don't know i have yet to have a, a burger that gives me like an orgasmic feeling all over i mean mm-hmm. i think the closest i can get is is five guys because they do have a really good burger, I think. I I think it's the peanut oil, honestly. Ooh, yes. I think it's yes. I think it's the thing that will kill like ninety eight percent of the people that will eat it. <laughs> it's it's mm-hmm. so good. I love Five Guys burgers. Mm-hmm. The best thing about ordering from Five Guys is when you're like looking at their app and you're trying to figure out what you want to get, and you're like, oh, I'm just gonna get you know a double cheeseburger with bacon, and then you look mm-hmm. and it says three thousand seven hundred and twenty two calories. You're just like, how did that happen? <laughs> like, what did you do to what? this burger? it's three days of my meals like what did you do to me but it doesn't stop you from ordering it does it no no not at all so long but it's so good (laughs) 
Um, I, I, I see. I, when I go there, I, I'll, I'll get the double with bacon and uh, everything. I mean, I have the steak sauce put on it. I have onions, tomatoes, uh, the the mushrooms. Uh, you name it, it's on it pretty much. Mm. And uh, oh man, it's so good. Um, and now, when you go there, do you get the the Cajun fries? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The oh, one yeah. thing you I've never get... tried from there that I want to is I've heard that their hot dogs are very good, <laughs> and I've just never done it. <laughs> I've always looked at them and been like, I'm gonna try that, and I just don't get them. Well, see, and I, I'm the place I work at. We make probably what I think is one of the best uh, hot dogs, or I hate to call it hot dog because technically it's not a hot dog until you put it in, in a bun. And we just don't have buns there, but mm-hmm. we we make a really good wiener and 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 uh, Frank, and uh, we we actually used to make the the wieners and Franks for Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, for some reason, uh, they stopped carrying our products and stuff. But yeah, we we make an amazing hot dog. It's just so good. It, yes, I, I don't know what it is. Well, I think part of the the thing is we don't use all the the snouts and pig lips and whatever. It's just all good quality cuts of of pork and. Uh, yeah, it's all it's all good stuff. I mean, good quality uh, meat and stuff. Wow, I'm getting hungry now. We better get off the subject of hot dogs. I found the tweet. I found the tweet. By the way, it was Jack in the Box. I will never eat that again in my life. Oh, it was horrible. Jack in the. It was god awful. You know, um, I think. See, I listen to Jim Rome. Are you familiar with Jim Rome? Yeah, Rome is burning. That's I right, Jim Rome. Yeah. I, I I listen to his podcast about every day, and I. A couple of years ago, he he had a uh, a uh, a uh, uh, on the jungle. He had a uh, little rant about uh, t- uh, Jack in the Box's tacos. He called them wet envelopes of cat food. Yeah, they were very and, bad. Oh, they they are terrible. The chicken tenders and, were like what the like on par with the quality. I, I don't know if you guys have any around you of like Dairy Queen. Like it, it was just oh, like. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah, it was, it was that, it was like, that's what their chicken tenders tasted like. And I was like, that's disappointing. <laughs> there, there is literally a Dairy Queen right across the street from me. Just about oh, right. see, there you go. Yeah. So I, I can just walk over and, and get, and get me a, uh, a, a blizzard or, uh, mm. um, a dilly bar or whatever like that. Oh yeah. Got it. Got to go with it. I love a good cherry dilly bar. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, and they uh, Reese's Blizzard oh. doesn't get any better than that. I got I, I tend to go with the Mister Misty float. You get you mm-hmm. get the you get the slushy and put the ice cream in it. Oh, life changing! Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh definitely. Um, okay, we're we're gonna talk about food the whole time. No, <laughs> no, we're not. Uh, we gotta talk about Player of the Month predictions. Uh, so here here's the deal. I was gonna be a little bit more prepared, and and I talked to you a little bit about this before we started the show. Um, I was going to be a little bit more prepared and, and actually have a list of your Player of the Month predictions, but I have been so busy lately, I haven't had the chance to go on your on, onto your uh, YouTube channel and, and, and look at your predictions. Now, did you do a, a YouTube video uh, for your yes. Player of the Month predictions? Yep. So, yeah. So, so I, I failed to do that. I, I failed to do my homework. I got to work today, and I'm like, damn, I don't know what I'm going to do. 
I wanted to, to be a little bit more prepared for the podcast today. Uh, and I was, uh, I was, I was totally unprepared. And then I, uh, was looking at TikTok videos during my, uh, break, like I usually do. And of course you came up there and you was like, here's my player of the month predictions for the month of April. I'm like, yes, it's a sign from God. I'm going to be okay. <laughs> and, uh, and so, yeah. Uh, so, uh, once again, though, I didn't write them down. I was going to, but you know what? They're your predictions. I'll let you uh, 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 run them off and uh, tell us what they are. Um, so I actually have all of them in front of me. So I, I make all of the cards for these as well. I don't know if you guys knew that or not, but I use Showzone for attributes. And then I like actually use Photoshop and I have a template for the player of the month. And I put them in there and actually make the cards with some art that I find online and stuff. Um, but I make typically I make between 18 and 21 cards for each program because I know there are nine players in the program and obviously there are so many candidates every month of guys that played well, unless it's a really weird month where, you know, only a handful of guys really stood out. It's not really, you know, cut and dry. Um, but I have, I have 18 of them here and I'll tell you kind of all of them. And I'll tell you the guys that I think are, that we're most likely to see in there last year, I was around 70% accurate with my predictions Mm -hmm. And my goal for this year is to get closer to 80, if not above. So I'm trying to really hone in on, you know, guys I'm looking at and different stuff and really looking up and down the board at different things. Um, so we'll just start with the order that they're appearing in my Discord. Uh, Kyle Wright, I have him penciled in as somewhere in the 90 overall area. Um, now, uh, I went back and forth. Some people were, in, especially in my TikTok comments today, they were like, oh, what about Carlos Rodon instead of Kyle Wright? And I understand the argument because Rodon did have a couple more strikeouts, but he also pitched one more inning and had a slightly lower or slightly higher ERA. Um, and I think he, I think his walk per nine was a little bit higher as well, but um, Carlos Rodon is an 86 diamond, whereas Kyle Wright is like a 73 bronze. So the odds of us seeing one of them in this program early in the year, it's more likely to be the guy that's the bronze rather than the diamond. Why, like, why would, what would be the point in them loading up and giving us a guy that's already an 86? He's only going to be a max of like a 90, 91. Like, why would they give us a card that was, you know, slightly better that's not really going to make a rotation? So I went with Kyle right there. And as far as pitch selections concerned, um, in the game right now on his live series card, which is this is what really excited me about him being in this program, he throws a sinker, slider, four seam changeup, and a slurve. And he has 94 velo in game, I think, with like 97 break. So if they increase that slightly at all and give him 99 break with that pitch mix, he's a good control guy. He only walks six guys in the month in 23 or 24 innings. So uh, that, that's pretty, you know, pretty solid. Like he's going to throw the ball very well. Uh, Victor Arano, he's a reliever for the Washington Nationals. He and the other reliever I'm going to talk about, Anthony Bass, they were basically both the two guys directly behind the reliever that I think we're going to see in the program that I'll get into in a minute. Uh, Arano was tied for second in appearances. He struck out 14 hitters in 11 innings pitched, had a .91 whip and a 1.64 ERA. Anthony Bass uh, threw also 11 innings. He had a .64 whip and a batting average against of 135. So he was the more impressive of those two. So if it came down to those two, I would have went with Anthony Bass. Um, but the reliever that I do think we're actually going to see in the program is Jordan Romano. He's only a silver right now in game. He's a guy that I actually think has potential to get the whole way up to diamond this year with his dominant as he was last year and what he's shown so far. He had 10 saves and 11 opportunities in the month of April, one five nine ERA. He appeared in 12 games, um, and I, I think his strikeouts, I think he had 
14 or 15 strikeouts in those, you know, 10, 11 innings, whatever it was, um, with only a couple base runners allowed. So he looked really, really good. I think we end up seeing probably an 88 of him in the program, somewhere in that area. And mind you, when it comes to overalls, I'm kind of just spitballing. I'm going based off of what last year's program was set up as. They started at, they started at 84 last year. But since we have the tops nows in the program already, because they're doing that differently this year, I have it set up where... I don't think we see a, an overall card that's lower than 86 for the actual players of the month because it wouldn't make sense for them to give us uh, 85, three 85 overall tops now cards and then go back to a gold player of the month card. That just wouldn't make sense to me. So I assume that they're all going to start as diamonds and start at about 86 overall. Um, Logan Gilbert is another guy I think we see. I have him penciled as an 88. He had a .4 ERA, the second lowest ERA in baseball in the month of April, a .85 mm-hmm. whip in, I believe it was 23 and a third innings pitched. Um, the thing that held this card back, and this is kind of why I have Kyle Wright above him, even though Wright actually performed slightly worse than he did, uh, Gilbert really didn't strike anybody out. He had 23 Ks in 23 innings, whereas, like I said, with Wright, he had 34 in 23. So the K per nine is really going to set it apart, and I think that's going to push Wright's overall up above Gilbert, even though his ERA was technically better. Uh, I just don't see him actually being higher overall. Uh, Jock Peterson, this is a card that I'm going to be really excited for if we get him. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm projecting, just based off his numbers, he actually, he only had a few ABs against lefties, but he got a a hit or two against them. So I gave him 74 contact against lefties just to kind of throw him a bone. Um, And against righties, I got him at 105, 117 contact and power. Mm -hmm. He can play first base. So if you want an early game first baseman, maybe a platoon guy on your bench for righties, this is a card that realistically, if he has those attributes, he could be in your lineup on the bench all year long just because of how good he is against righties Mm -hmm. and obviously is a great swing. So I I gave him a slight boost to fielding, slight boost to his speed, not not very much, not enough to really make much of a difference. But a guy that's, you know, a silver I think he's a silver, he's not a bronze, trying to push up to an 89 diamond with low hitting attributes against one side of the plate. You kind of have to boost him in other areas a little bit as well. So I think Jock could very well get in there. I think he's going to be really, really gross if he is. Um, let me scroll down here. Taylor Ward, we were, we, you and I were talking about him before the podcast actually started recording. Taylor Ward actually led the Angels in hits and OPS despite having like 15 to 20 less at bats than Mike Trout, which I thought was kind of insane. So I was like, I kind of can't pass on putting Taylor Ward in this program with as good as he's been. Ty France is another guy. He was great for the Mariners. He was tied for first amongst first baseman in RBI. He had 21 and he was second in OPS. Uh, Both of those numbers were either tied or behind Anthony Rizzo, who I think is going to be in the program. I think he's going to be about a 92 overall, somewhere in that area. Big power, kind of like middling contact, like low 80s contact. I'm projecting with 90 plus power against both sides, somewhere around 100. He actually should have higher numbers versus lefties. His OPS against lefties was actually better. His ISO, his OPS, his average was actually better against left-handed pitching than it was against righties. So it would be the first time we ever see a Rizzo that actually has good numbers against left-handed pitching. So that would be pretty cool, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me scroll down here. A couple guys just, that just, I have. Good. Just to interrupt real quick, you, the, when you said that uh, Taylor Ward led the Angels, the look on trap. Geez, the look on Brick's face. The look on Brick's face was like a total shock. He was like, <gasps> "What?" Yeah, he had twenty he hits. Had the in, yeah, twenty <laughs> hits and fifty-one at bats. And I think Trout had like 19 and 65 or something. So it was like, but like yeah. he actually out hit the best player in baseball in the month of April, which was why I was like, even though he only had 51 at bats, I can't exclude him from this list. Like I just, he, you, you yeah. look at that lineup and you're like, they're playing well too. I can't take him. 
he's a big part of the reason they're playing so well, especially because mm-hmm. once he got inserted yeah. in the starting lineup, he came back from his injury. He's been insanely good. He hit 392 in the month of April. So like he's hitting the ball very well. Uh, yeah. Time France, I already talked about him. So there are two guys that I think are too high of overall live series cards to actually get into the program. And I thought that they would both be great candidates for the lightning, but I don't see either of them actually being in it. I just kind of made cards for them just to kind of explain to people, you know, why I thought they wouldn't be in there, even though they had great months. So Manny Machado hit 386 with a 1067 OPS, but he's already an 88, 89, whatever he may be, his live series card. Mm -hmm. There's no way that he's going to be the lightning card with an overall that high. I just don't see that happening. Um, they, especially early in the year, they're like I said, they're not going to give us multiple diamonds of a card just to give it to us. Like, it's just not going to happen. And that's the thing about this other guy who actually won American League Player of the Month, Jose Ramirez. A lot of people were asking me, oh, why why don't you have J-Ram as the, you know, lightning card? And I'm like, well, despite the fact that he hit 342, he had the second highest OPS in baseball and led baseball in RBIs and won the award, he's a 91 overall live series card. What's mm-hmm. what like? What are they gonna do to give him that plus four to make it a worthwhile card to pick up? Which would like I I understand a ninety five Jose Ramirez is a very enticing card. I would absolutely love to have that card in my lineup. You could play him at first, second, third, short, or left field. Like that would be a fantastic addition to anybody's lineup. A switch hitter with great hitting numbers across the board. But his live series card has mid eighties attributes right now across the board, and I don't see them. They'd have to boost it to like 90 plus across the board, like mid 90s across the board with better fielding to justify him going up to a 95. I just don't I just don't see them doing it. It's more of a gut feel for that because he obviously was the best player in the month. But we'll get to the guy that I think is the Lightning who also won one of those awards. Uh, Another pitcher that I penciled in that I don't think is going to be in the program, but I made a card for him because he did have a really nice month was actually Chad cool of the Colorado Rockies. I was really surprised to see that in four starts, he had, he actually went three and O with a one nine zero ERA for Colorado. He had a 0.85 whip. He's actually pitching better in the most hitter friendly ballpark in the league than he did in any of his years in Pittsburgh. So I, I was, I was very surprised to see that pleasantly surprised. I wasn't a big fan of Chad cool. So, um, you know, he's doing really well. I thought, you know, I don't think he's going to get in the program, but if he did, he'd slide in there as one of the 86 is he only struck out, I think 17 hitters in 23 innings, but he also didn't really allow many base runners. So that's uh, kind of why I was like, you know, he deserves being recognized just for the month that he had, but I don't see him being in the program. Um, Cleveland Guardians second baseman shortstop Owen Miller. He hit 400 and had the highest OPS amongst MLB second baseman at 1166. He also had 11 extra base hits, uh, which I believe was tops amongst second baseman in the league as well. He's another guy. He only had like 54 at bats. But with the numbers he put up, I was like, it's hard to pass up on this, even though he had less at bats than other guys. It's all the more impressive that he did this in less at bats, as far as I'm concerned. Um so that's why I put him in there. A guy that I, another guy, I don't think that's going to be in there, but I made a card for is Austin Riley. He had a nice month. Uh, he was fourth in OPS amongst third baseman and second in home runs. He only hit 268, which I think is going to hurt him, but he actually, for the first time, ever had a month where he had better splits against lefties than against righties. So I thought, you know, maybe if he slides in there, it'd be nice to see an Austin Riley that actually can hit left handed pitching pretty well because all of his cards are really geared towards righties. And, you know, he's, he's a guy that's going to be tough to ever be put on diamond watch because his numbers versus lefties just never never make sense to get the attribute increase. Now, if he starts to hit lefties well, which I think to this point in the year he has, um, obviously he did in April. I don't know what he's done since the, you know, the turnover of the calendar, but he, uh, he's a guy that could go diamond eventually if he does hit left-handed pitching well. It's just really dependent on that. 
the final couple cards, Joe Ryan of the Minnesota Twins has been fantastic. He went three and one with a .7 whip and a 117 ERA. His whip was actually lower than the guy that won pitcher of the month for the National League uh, and pitcher of the month for the American League, you know, all things considered. So uh, Ryan was actually really, really good. He's a really impressive young right-hander. He's tall, uh, throws the ball hard, has a real big curveball. He's a guy that would be fun to use if we got him. I figured he'd get somewhere around an 88 or so. Um, George Springer of the Toronto Blue Jays. This is another guy, I, you know, he's an 84 right now, and offensively his attributes are they they're they're kind of similar to what they were in the month of April but he would have he would have higher contact on this card uh with maybe increased power by a little bit so i put i put him at about a 91 he's a guy that i find unlikely to be in the program but just looking he was third in ops amongst outfielders in the league uh he was sixth or he was Tied for first with six home runs. He hit 300. So he had a really nice month. And especially in that Houston series, he went crazy. And they didn't give him a tops now. So that kind of, you know, leaves him open for discussion as far as I'm concerned. And the last guy, the other guy that I do for sure think is going to be in the program, J.P. Crawford of the Seattle Mariners. He has like the second highest OPS in baseball uh, not OPS. There was a stat. I can't, maybe it was WRC plus there was some like really important offensive stat that he's like second in the entire MLB right now in, and he had a crazy month of April, a 10, 22 OPS, 360 batting average. He led, um, MLB shortstops in hits with 27 in the month also had the highest OPS among shortstops. And he's a guy that actually, when looking into his, uh, his numbers across the board, he actually had an OP or uh, not an OPS, a, um, an ISO, which is how they determine power for cards. He had an ISO over like 400 against lefties, which means his power versus left-handed pitching on this card would be like a hundred. <laughs> like if this was a later in the card, if this was like a 99 later in the year, a 400 ISO against a certain side would be 125 power equivalent basically. So I would give him around a hundred power against lefties. I think he's going to be, he's going to get an increase into his fielding because he's actually a really good fielder, but his live series doesn't show that um, he would have high contact versus righties, high contact versus lefties. The power versus righties would be very poor. His ISO against right-handed pitching was, I think like 0. 0.060, which is like the equivalent of like a pitcher's ISO basically <laughs> in some instances, that's like the ISO that David Fletcher puts up consistently it just to put it in perspective of a guy that just has no power so that's that's why i kept it low there so the guys that i think for sure will be in the program uh out of those 18 anthony or jordan not anthony jordan romano of the twins jp crawford logan gilbert of the mariners so i actually have two mariners in there jock peterson uh owen miller anthony rizzo taylor ward uh, Kyle Wright, and then the Lightning Player of the Month, I actually had penciled in as the guy that won pl- Pitcher of the Month for the National League, Pablo Lopez, starting pitcher for the Miami Marlins. He has a nice five-pitch mix that I think would actually be really, really good. People were kind of uh, not impressed with the thought of him being the card, which I found to be kind of surprising because of his pitch mix and what his attributes would look like. Uh, he has a circle changeup, a four-seam fastball, a cutter, a sinker, and a slurve. As far as a five-pitch mix is concerned, that's basically as good as it can possibly be. Maybe swap the slur for a regular slider, but that's pretty much as good as it can be. He has multiple pitches you can tunnel with. He's going to really be able to toy around with hitters. He's probably going to have somewhere in the area of 94 to 96 hit per nine, if I had to guess. 
His strikeout per nine number would be probably somewhere in the mid 80s. He's got 93 velo, 96 break. The control I actually gave him a little boost to. The walk per nine gave him a little boost to just to kind of, you know, get that overall up because he is a guy that just finally went gold. But I think Pablo Lopez honestly has to be the guy with the fact that Nolan Arenado won hitter of the month for the National League. He's a 90. Jose Ramirez won hitter of the month for the American League. He's a 91. Logan Gilbert won pitcher of the month for the AL. He's a, he's a gold as well. And Lopez outperformed him. He had the lowest ERA and the lowest uh, – he had a lower whip than um, Gilbert did as well. So I think they're going to go with Pablo Lopez. Um, obviously, like I said, it, it's it's open to discussion. They could go J-Ram. They could surprise me, uh, you know, but what do I know? I'm just the guy that looks at stats for 24 hours a day to try and figure out who they're going to pick for these programs, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, what do you think about those picks, Brick? Do you uh, agree with one uh, that you think uh, Sudo was leaving out of that list? I mean, you, you can't go wrong with any of those guys. I mean, Sugo knows what he's talking about, and that's why we brought him on to begin with. But if, if I had to add one player, and you probably already know who I'm talking about, say Suzuki. I mean, <laughs> yeah, see, you knew it was coming. Like, you, you, you knew it was you, coming. You can't leave out the man, say Suzuki. That's my NL Rookie of the Year so far. Who's also he's like a great the, month. He's so. like the Teddy Bridgewater of baseball. Right now, yes. So you know I had to slip him in there. <laughs> I, I had to yeah. leave him out because they gave him that 87. If he didn't get that tops now, I would I'd, he'd have been in my program for sure. Right? Yeah. He, he was so impressive, especially as a rookie to put up the numbers he did. If they did not give him that card, he would have been in my program for sure. Yeah. Made, probably as a 90. And, and that's the only reason why I asked you that, Brick, because <laughs> I knew you were going to mention this. I, I, I kind of – it's like it's like volleyball. I set you up for that, and you spiked it, and then Sudo put his hands up to reject it. So yeah, there you go. Exactly. I, knew, I knew exactly who it was going to be. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's – you know what? That, it, that sounds great. Uh, I agree with all of those picks. Uh, I'm not a big stat guy, so even if I didn't agree, I'd still say, yeah, hey, good job. Um, let me ask you this, though. How is the game treating you right now? What, well, I know we're like uh, a little over a month in the game cycle. How are you liking the game or not liking the game right now? I, this is going to sound, this is going to be a hot take, but let me elaborate because it's gonna get there. I love the game, but it's terrible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I, I, the reason I say I love the game is because MLB the show is obviously it's the only content I make. Uh, it's the only thing that's given me any kind of the platform that I have between the three major platforms. I have like 14,000 people that follow my accounts and that's, you know, kind of ridiculous for me to think about. I mean, that's <laughs> obviously I'd like for it all to be all the same everywhere. And, you know, for that number to, you know, balloon up by a lot, but you know, it, it's, it's going well, people are coming through the streams and watching the videos and enjoying my content. So that's all I can ask for. So I could never say that I hate MLB the show or that I just can't play it or anything like that, because even though it does frustrate me at times, um, the second season of me- it's hard for me to be like, you know, I just can't play this game because it's it's really the only thing that I play for the most part. Occasionally, I'll play Call of Duty or something else just to kind of take a break. But 
especially in April. I didn't play as much as anybody else did because obviously I got married. I had the honeymoon. I didn't put out content for like a full half of the month, basically. And mm-hmm. then in the last week of the month, I was dealing with allergies. I like you, I straight up could not do this if we were trying to do this last week. Cause I just sound, I sounded like a goblin. Like it was, it was not a good time. <laughs> so I, I just with, with MLB, the show 22 right now, the issue that I, the biggest issue with the game is obviously the hitting and the oh that's just baseball nonsense that people say mm-hmm. if this game was meant to be an actual simulation of real life baseball the big issue that happens with people hitting is people that use zone hitting like myself you know more advanced hitters or people mm-hmm. that play at higher levels things like that if the PCI mimicked a baseball bat it wouldn't be a problem but the PCI supposedly is where the hitter's eyes are looking when they're going to swing, which is just asinine. I don't understand why that's even a thought process when you're mm-hmm. making this thing. If the PCI mimicked a baseball bat, like if on the screen, instead of seeing a blob, you literally saw the shape of a baseball bat, mm-hmm. depending on the side you're standing on sticking out, you could see, okay, here's the cap of the bat. Here's the the shaft of the bat. Here's the barrel. Here's the meat. This is what I want to hit the baseball. If anything mm-hmm. outside of these two lines hits the baseball, I'm going to mm-hmm. hit it weekly. I'm going to get out. Mm-hmm. But if it hits the barrel, sure, there's going to be the occasion where I hit a ball really, really hard right at somebody. That's real baseball. That's fine with me. That doesn't bother me. What bothers me is when, you know, I'm consistently doing it. Like I'm consistently taking good swings with the PCI where my hitter is looking, as they say. And I'm not getting rewarded for it. I think Mm -hmm. that's the issue is that everybody wants to be rewarded when they're playing well. If I play poorly, don't give me anything. I don't care. The, The problem is we're more consistently than ever before seeing the players who take the worst swings at the end of the game typically being the person that wins the game. And we can track that people, you know, there will be people on the internet that say, oh, you're just complaining to complain. And I'm, I'm not really a guy that complains very much. Uh, if I complain, I tend to do it in private off stream. I try not to, you know, lose my cool and, you know, get angry and stuff like I, my stream last night. I was livid because I, I'm, I'm a guy that's gone flawless a few times. So I expect I expected by this point to have gone flawless already. Mm-hmm. And I've had a couple deep runs, but there always seems to be a game where I'll either be pitching really, really well, or I'll be hitting really, really well. And some way, somehow my opponent will find a way to beat me. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just like, I, I'm like, I'm a good player. And you know, I'm not a guy that's ever going to say like, Oh, I'm one of the best players. And like, cause I don't try to be, I've never once tried to make top 50. If I play t- rank seasons to go to world series, I make it every time I play. I've never missed it when I've actually attempted to get to. Well, I'm a good player at the game, but I also know that there are people much better than me that I've talked to that have run into the issue more consistently because they play on those higher difficulties more than I do. Uh, You know, I I was talking to somebody last night, one of my buddies who's a top 50 player, and he was like, dude, the game is in the worst shape it could possibly be in right now. And when you hear that from a player that's really, really good, you know, it holds more weight. And I think, I think also that's part of the issue is we as content creators, whether we have, you know, 10 followers, 50 followers, a thousand followers, 20,000 followers, we have a platform um, at which people listen to the things we say about the games that we play, positive or negative. They're going to see our tweets. They're going to see our videos. They're going to hear the things we say. So if we constantly tell people, oh, the game's bad, the game's bad, the game's bad, 
everyone else is going to start saying, oh, the game sucks. It's terrible. It's the worst. It's this, it's that. While there are people who are having a good experience with MLB The Show 22. I know some people who are like, I haven't experienced one freeze off. I've not been disconnected one time. I'm having a great time. My All my hitters are hitting well. That's great. All my hitters are hitting like 390. I'm hitting the ball well, but I should be hitting better. That's the problem. <laughs> like when I'm hitting well, but not getting as rewarded as it seems that I should be, you know, mm -hmm. they put out those numbers that you should be hitting like 830 on perfect perfects. Dude, I'm probably hitting 350 on perfect perfect swings this year. Like that that might not be an exaggeration. I feel like for every for every perfect perfect hit I get, there are like five outs on them. Like it it just feels like every time that I put a really great swing on the ball, it's either right at somebody or it's a pop-up somehow. I hit one last night in BR. It, it was later in the evening. There was a I can't remember the hitter, but it was a left-handed hitter. There was a changeup right at the bottom strike, like like right at the black at the bottom of the zone. I mm -hmm. had my PCI. So like if this is the PCI, the ball was like here. Mm -hmm. So like middle up, and I popped it up straight to the catcher. It wow. wasn't, it, it wasn't that I was under it. It wasn't mm -hmm. that the ball was like at the top of the circle, which I would have understood. It was like, here's the circle. Here's the ball. Yeah. And it was a pop up to the catcher. And I was like, that's got to like, especially with a left-handed hitter with good pop. Like that's a ball that should leave. I think it was Matt Carpenter. Actually. I was like, that's mm -hmm. a ball that should be hit out of the ballpark. Yeah. You know, it, 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 there's just so many little things that, um, are just kind of driving the, people crazy i know we've seen crazy animations uh, like uh, outfielders you hit a line drive to an outfielder the outfielders on skates somehow running in for the ball but skating 100 feet backwards like it, 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 there's just so much weirdness going on and it doesn't make sense because they won't tell us what the issue is they won't tell us that it's a coding issue all i think i think most of sds's problems would go away if they mm -hmm. would and I think that's where they fall short. I've, it's the best sports game on the market. I think Madden's terrible. NHL has fallen downhill recently. FIFA, I've never played it, but it seems like it's an absolute money pit. I used to love 2K and then realized that I couldn't have a no money spent team on there. So that's another game that it's just like, it's it's money, money, money. And unfortunately, it seems like MLB 22 is kind of trending more in that direction with um, some of the things they've done to change the way the game's played, changing the way the programs are. Um, I know the first roster update, you guys know I make videos for that too. The mm -hmm. roster update, it's so much harder to invest and make stubs on guys. Like it, You're better off trying to flip on guys um, you know, going up and down rather than investing in them. And I think that's kind of ridiculous to think about because for years, no money spent players made most of their stubs through roster update investments because they would invest, you know, there's a guy like Kyle Wright was a common before the last mm -hmm. roster update. So I would, let's say, you know, for example, I would have bought 500 Kyle Wrights for 10 stubs a piece. You know, I spent, you know, 5,000 stubs on Kyle Wright and let's say he shot up to a silver. I quick sold all those silvers. I'm making a ton of, you know, I'm making big bank on it or I wait for later in the year. Maybe he goes diamond if he throws really well or something. And then I make, you know, huge profit on it. But this year it seems like it's so much harder to do that. Even if it's really not just because of them changing the quick sell values of cards. So mm -hmm. now, uh, you know, like if you're an 85 overall diamond in years past, it was 5,000 subs for a quick sell. Now it's 3,000. Most golds that are, you know, in the 83 to 84 range sell for about 2,500 to 2,800 stubs. So you're not going to invest in a bunch of a bunch of cards for a guy when you're going to make 200 stubs on them for every single one, when you can just find a different card that same night and flip them for the same amount of time you're going to sell that card. You know, like it, it's, it's just kind of... They've done a few things this year that have turned me off, but I'm of course going to keep playing because I love making the content that I do 
you know, as a baseball player my whole life through college, you know, prior to my arm injury, I, you know, I just love baseball and it's the mm-hmm. only viable baseball game on the market. You know, RBI baseball uh, was terrible and now it's gone. And then you have the other one that I can't even think of the name of. That's basically like a, a baseball sim that just looks like it's terrible, to, like not even enjoyable to play. I know some people that play it and like it, but it just, it doesn't seem like it's my cup of tea. Um, it, it, it's just, it's not in a good state right now. It's as bad, if not worse than MLB 18 was. And that's widely considered to be the single worst MLB, the show game that we've ever seen. If it's a coding issue, genuinely, I get it. I've coded things. I've coded websites. I, you know, I I've done coding before. I understand it's not an easy process. People kind of at the start of the year were like, uh, especially with like the DH thing, when they announced that the DH wouldn't be in Diamond Dynasty because they didn't have enough time to code it in, people were like, oh, well, how long would that take to code it? And I'm like, months, dude. Like one small mistake, one small error when putting in a code can literally delete a whole game. Like, mm-hmm. like you have to be precise and exact with what you were doing. And if I recall correctly, Sony San Diego Studios said they had three different teams doing the coding for MLB The Show games prior to what, the last two years? Like that's that's... 15 years of multiple people coding the same thing in different ways. It's ta- it's going to take a couple games for them to fix that. <laughs> like or at least a year or you know a lo- like it's going to take some time. I fully understand that. I just want them to be more transparent with us. I'm not one of those people that's going to complain every day about the game. I'm not one of those people that's going to say, you know, the game sucks. I'm never going to make content. I'm not going to uninstall it, even if there are some times where I get frustrated and be like, oh, yep, I'm going to uninstall this game. I'm not one of those guys that's actually going to do that and stop creating content for the game because I love the game. It just, you know, it's enjoyable content for me, even if it's frustrating half the time, just because I know that my audience enjoys what I do and I don't want to deprive them of that by switching maybe to something that I'm not, you know, as familiar with or as used to. So, well, and and I think maybe this game has, maybe last year's game has caused some content creators to just not stream MLB the show anymore. Uh, I can't remember the name of the content creator. Who who, who did you play last year, Brick, in that uh, Hank Aaron debut? Oh, um, I I can't remember his name. I. Um, he's a fairly well-known content creator, though. Um, I can think of I can think of his nose being big. That's all I can think uh, of. Quashtag. Quashtag. Yes, I have not seen Quashtag stream MLB the Show at all for like maybe a year and a half. I don't know if he's even streaming MLB the Show anymore this year. Yeah, I I think that he had some family stuff come up. Like I know he has kids and he's a teacher or something. So I think his stuff was more his. I I I think he's a teacher. Don't quote me on that. But I think his stuff was more like personal life, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, if I recall correctly, he kind of stopped like at some point early to mid last year. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if it had anything to do with the game. I I don't know him personally, so I don't want to speak on you know anything like that. But I think from what I've heard that it was more personal things that he was like trying to dedicate less time to that. So I think that's kind of what that happened there. And then um, old ball game. I don't know if he's even streaming anymore. I know he stopped streaming it sometime uh, last year. And uh, did you see the the uh, the little clip that Seabrev put out? Uh, about that little foul tip. I mean, that pretty yeah. much sums up the whole MLB The Show experience in, in a little nutshell. And Seabrev is quite literally 
he he had two accounts last year, and on his alternate account, he was a hundred and eleven and one. Like he's that dude when yes. it comes to playing the game. Mm-hmm. And if he's got an issue with it, then there's an issue because he's he's a dude that when as far as like my own content, he's a guy that I always admired the stuff that he did because he always makes very informative stuff. And oh, yeah. I've always, yeah, always enjoyed his videos. So if here if he's complaining about things like that, it's hard for me to be like, oh yeah, that's not a problem because I I, I believe what he says to me. Like I I listen to him because I know he knows what he's talking about. There's another one I saw that's been circulating TikTok. Actually, sorry, but um, mm-hmm. I think his name is Doctor Steinman. He oh, yeah. posted it. There was a pitch <laughs> that he threw, and it somehow. It was Roberto Clemente in the box. Clemente swung, like, as the pitch was thrown. It was, like, one of those swings where he's, like, this, like, floundering at the ball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And somehow, midway through that swing, it reset. It, the ball hit the bat behind his head, and then it showed the swing, and he hit a home run. And it, like, it, 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 like you'll have to find the clip. It's been shared on Twitter a couple times today, and I know it was on TikTok. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. how does that even happen? Like, I, like, it just, you know, it just, it's just an unfathomable, um, technological mechanical issue. Like it just does not make any logical sense for that to be in the game. Now I know issues happen. Like I said, coding is a pain. I understand mm-hmm. when things get slightly haywire, it can cause a lot of issues, but figure mm-hmm. it out, man. <laughs> like, yeah, you guys work in the game all year round. Maybe. You know, people have been complaining about content being slower to start the year. Personally, I don't mind that because I think we get, I think we've been too spoiled with content. I think mm-hmm. us getting, you know, two player programs a week and a, a conquest map a week and a new showdown every other week and, you know, new headliner, this, that, and the other thing. Like we were getting bombarded with content in years mm-hmm. past. And I don't mind them scaling it back a little bit because it kind of, it makes for, it gives the game long, uh, better longevity. It gives us the ability to see, you know, better cards, maybe a little bit later down the line, rather than being toasted with 99s in May. Like, you know what I mean? Like I want that more of a competitive experience for the first couple months of the game. And then when the 99s come out, then we all go balls of the wall and do stupid stuff with these 99 overall cards that we shouldn't be able to do. You know what I mean? Yep. Are you happy with the uh, collection? The 99 Randy Johnson that we got this year? I wasn't on night one. I am now. Okay. Um, I don't have Randy Johnson yet. I haven't completed the collection because I've been really, really lazy when it comes to flipping. Like I, mm-hmm. I should be flipping every night and I've just not been doing it uh, just out of pure laziness. And obviously me being away for a couple weeks didn't help my case any. But <laughs> night one, I saw Roberto Clemente. And I was ecstatic because, as you guys know, last year I was the person that one of won his parallel five for his 99 overall card. Mm-hmm. Roberto Clemente is one of my favorite players of all time. I was ecstatic to see that he was there. However, I also knew that because other creators or other just other people in general were going to, you know, drop an absolute wad of cash to get those cards, that I had no shot at getting him parallel five one of one this year, and that bummed me out. So I was disappointed from that aspect, even though I was excited to see him there. I was like, oh, that sucks that I'm not going to have the opportunity to do that again and, you know, run it back for that. Frank Thomas was a guy that when I first saw him, I was like, oh, that's a really exciting card. You know, David Ortiz last year was great for a lot of people for most of the year. I saw Frank Thomas and was like, oh, man, he's going to be better than David Ortiz was. And then I saw his attributes and was like, you know, he's good. He's really good. 
But when you couple the attributes not being, you know, 115 across the board for a guy that hit like him, with, coupled with his, what I would call a relatively, you know, mid swing. I don't, I don't particularly love Frank Thomas's swing. I'm hitting like 420 with this card online. I'm talking poorly mm-hmm. about it. So, you know, you know, that I'm a mm-hmm. hypocrite basically, but <laughs> I know that a lot of people feel the same way that his swing is just not great, especially when you're trying to get to inside pitches. It just feels slow. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, at first I was like excited for both of them. And then I, you know, got a look at the attributes of Frank Thomas. I thought more about that. I wouldn't be able to P five Clemente. And I was kind of bummed out in that aspect, but I was like, you know what? They're still good cards. They're still great. 99s to give to people. And then Randy Johnson was shown. And obviously we had the whole saga of, is he in the game? Isn't he in the game? What was that little tease they gave us just to remove him from the trailer? You know, like what was what what happened there? And they've never said anything about it. They didn't mention, oh, yeah, no, we weren't supposed to do that. Or like we didn't have a full agreement. You know, we you know, we messed up. Like if they were transparent and said, you know, we messed up. That wasn't supposed to happen. Different story. They didn't say a word. They're just like, oh, no, Randy Johnson was never in that trailer. You know, it just looked just looked around like we were all crazy people. Um, and, and now looking at Randy Johnson, seeing his attributes being as good as they are. Now his hit per nine number, a lot of people are disappointed in that. But the way I see it at parallel five, he's got 110 hit per nine. And it seems like with offense being intentionally worse this year with lowered exit velos and stuff across the board, that hit per nine number isn't as big of an issue, it seems. But obviously, we'll have to wait till later in the year to see what cards get higher hit per nines than him and stuff. But um, the first night, I used his 88. Oh, sorry, I saw some flickering. I thought my power was about to go out. <laughs> <laughs> I got real worried for a second because I saw the light flicker. Um, but the first night I used the card, I saw his delivery. And in the first game, I used him. I think he gave up three runs in three innings. It was an event game. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt, whatever. Mm-hmm. They changed his delivery to actually look like Randy Johnson when he pitched, and that card is nearly unhittable. If you're a good pitcher, or even a, a even a solid pitcher, like if you're like a six out of ten pitcher, Randy Johnson is going to give up like one run a game for you every time out. Like he's oh, wow. just he's I, I, I was I, <laughs> I faced him last night. Somebody started him in BR his 99 and I was livid when I saw him. But thankfully, I was, you know, I'm a good stick. So I was able to put up free on him in the first and kind of chase him early. But when I saw that card instantly, I'm like, well, I'm not going to get a run. I'm not going to score. I'm not going to get a hit because that card is just insane. I've seen so many people that play ranked uh, consistently, mind you, because of the game being so broken. I haven't played a single game of ranked seasons yet this year. And I'm a guy that, like I said, I make, I make World Series routinely and I just haven't touched it because I'm just not in the mood to deal with the game playing poorly so much. Yeah, I'm not going to waste 45 minutes of my time every game for a game to play like crap, you know. I played my first online game a few days ago, and it was a, in co-op mode. I played one of my uh, uh, followers who had uh, resubbed, and he's been asking me uh, last couple of times I've been uh, streaming, you know, hey, you want to play a friendly? You want to play a friendly? And I, my self-confidence has been so low lately. I have not won a game online in like two months uh yeah. i just can't f- get my timing back i don't know what it is it just seems like I, I i am just late on everything i can't time up anything i can't hit anything uh i play brick in, in a friendly game uh his uh, uh cubs team versus my dodger 
uh, all-time squad, and he shut me out eight to nothing. And I played his brother, and his brother uh, beat the pants off of me. Well, I'm not going to say beat the pants off of me because that's <laughs> in- inaccurate, but he he still beat me. I think it was a close game, but he still beat me three to. Uh, and he, not, not just once, but twice he beat me. Uh, first time he beat me, I, I rage quit because it, I won't even get into it right now. But um, so I played. I said, you know what? I, I really, I'm really not in a good mental state to to play anybody right now. But we could play in a co-op game. You know, sure. You know, I'll play in the co-op game. Froze when I put in a, uh, a relief pitcher, and we were leading. We were we were uh, up by like two runs, and uh, I thought there was a patch. That I think it was uh, update number four or something where they fixed a uh, uh, issue where the game would freeze when you would put in a a uh, reliever. So I thought they had fixed it, but no, I put in a, a reliever and it froze. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? So, um, it, it, you know, that's another frustrating thing that happens. Um, but, uh, you know, um, just real quick, I, I noticed for, for those of you who are listening to this and not watching, uh, Sudo is in a Pirates jersey. I'm in my Dodger jersey. Brick obviously didn't get the memo. <laughs> oh, that, that doesn't count, Brick. We're, that's not really considered a jersey. So come on now. <sighs> so disappointed in you. No, just kidding. Um, no, uh, I can point out <laughs> if it really means that much to you. <laughs> it, 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 I, is that just a, a uh, do you have any uh, a player on the back of that jersey? Yeah, this is actually an Adam Fraser jersey from his time with the Buckos. Oh, before nice. They, before nice. they shipped him off to the Padres last year. Oof. Oh, yeah. Uh, how, how are you feeling about the Pirates this year? Uh, well, as, as this, as it is, you know, has been the trend for a very long time, we didn't spend any money, which sucks. Um, (laughs) but as far as their play is concerned, I think they're like nine and 13 or something right now. They're in third in the division. This just tells you how bad the central is outside of the top two teams. But, um, their core Guys are looking good. Reynolds is off to a slow start, which is surprising, but once he gets it together, they're going to be all right. Uh, Pitching-wise, their pitching has been fantastic, minus a couple arms, especially in the bullpen. You know, David Bednar is an absolute stud as our closer. Um, Will Crow has been fantastic. Um, Oh, there's somebody I'm leaving out. His name is escaping me, but he's been so, so good as well. Um, But the, the team as a whole has been keeping themselves in games and offensively they've been playing better than I think people thought, but they just have a couple albatrosses in the lineup that you're just like, why are you still in the lineup? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the best player on their team isn't even at the big league level right now. And it's super infuriating to me just because I know that he's the most talented they got guy they have in their team, uh, in their entire system right Mm -hmm. now and that's o'neill cruz you know he's a six foot seven shortstop with plus plus power he's gonna hit 300 and he can play shortstop he's a he can he's probably gonna end up transitioning to the outfield at some point in his career if i had to guess he's a guy that last year in 62 games in the minor leagues hit 19 home runs and stole 19 bases Mm -hmm. you know that's a third of a major league season basically so if he triples those numbers that's like 50 50 (laughs) 
<laughs> like just the thought of that even being feasible for someone in the in the Pirates organization is ridiculous to think about. Now, I don't think he's ever going to be a 50-50 guy. I don't think we're ever going to see a 50-50 guy. But I genuinely think at some point in O'Neill Cruz's career, he could hit 40 home runs and steal 40 bags. Like yeah. this kid is just that talented and he's just, he, even though he's so raw, he's putting up these numbers when he's not fully polished. It's insane to think about him being this good, but there's also the things that scare me. And, you know, other pirates fans have been worried about, you know, Oh, he looks like Gregory Polanco. Well, that's great. Gregory Polanco never did what O'Neill Cruz did in the minor leagues. Mm-hmm. You, uh, he, Pedro Alvarez never hit the way O'Neill Cruz did in the minor leagues. He might have hit for the power, but that average was never there. Mm-hmm. Like, the, you know, he never stole bases. He didn't play the premium position of shortstop. We're running Kevin friggin' Newman out there every day, who's hitting mm-hmm. probably 150 right now. And he can't play defense, even though he won a gold glove last year. He's terrible defensively right now. He's made like, he's had like three games where he's made two errors in those games. Like, he, he just looks awful offensively and defensively. And I think he knows that his time is coming up because as soon as O'Neill Cruz comes up, that's his job. No one's touching that job unless they trade him or he somehow sucks. He's going nowhere. Shortstop is his spot for the, for years to come. And I really have faith that by 2024, at the absolute latest, we will be a playoff team. Um, all they have to do really is maybe add one or two veteran pitchers and hope that their young starters, the Mitch Kellers, you know, guys like that, hope that they improve and come along. I think Keller is God awful. I think he's going to be, I think, I, I hope he gets DFA at some point this year because he's horrible. He's, mm-hmm. he's shown flashes every now and again that he can look good, but he's bad against bad teams. He's bad against good teams. It just, it, he's, it's a crapshoot whenever he's actually going to throw well. And it, it was so weird because I was talking with another streamer buddy of mine who's a Pirates fan. His name's Rufio Rufio, a good buddy of mine that, you know, we actually got to meet a few months ago when he flew up to Pittsburgh um, and he was all excited about Mitch Keller in the spring because he looked like an absolute ace. He looked like the guy that he was billed to be when he was in the minor leagues. And I think his first start of the year, he gave up like six runs and in three innings or something. I was like, no, he sucks. <laughs> like had my hopes up for nothing. He's terrible. You know? Um, but like I said, they're eight and 13 or nine and 13. Something they're somewhere in that area with, you know, a roster that I think in total is making $32 million this year. And all all they have to do is just take a hard look in the mirror. It's there. It's there. Just add a couple guys around these young pieces and we can compete not only for the playoffs, but we could potentially compete for a world series. And the city of Pittsburgh is desperate for it. Paul Sinney is another buddy of mine. He's a pirates fan and one of the funniest dudes on Twitter. If you guys don't follow him. Yeah, that's, that's, that's 100% one of the best follows you can get. And he's so passionate about the pirates just like me, but he's so much more vocal than I am. And he tweeted and made a TikTok about it. And it was like the city of Pittsburgh wants good baseball. Mm-hmm. I understand the you know the heritage of the Steelers and the Penguins with the Stanley Cups in the twenty like two thousands twenty tens and you know Mario Lemieux, Yarmir Yager, Evgeny Malkin, Flurry, you know Roethlisberger just retired. You know, like we've had yeah. all these greats, all these great sports players in our city over the course of especially my twenty five years being alive, but like we've never sniffed the World Series with the Pirates, and in twenty five years we would have liked to at least gotten close once. They, our best year, Garrett Cole went out and got absolutely shellacked by the St. Louis Cardinals. And, and, you know, and, and that was before Cole was Garrett Cole. That was when he was just the kid that we drafted, that we hiked up, that couldn't strike anybody out. 
with the Pirates, he was averaging like seven and a half strikeouts per nine innings. He goes to Houston, he's getting twelve. It's like you know why didn't why didn't they just allow him to pitch the way he's pitched? You know, since he left, maybe we would have won that playoff series. Maybe we would have beaten them in that game and you know made a push for the World Series because we had a really good team that year. Uh, but it's just you know, it, it's one of those things that I really think by twenty twenty four we will be a team that's actually actively competing uh, for a playoff spot and will be a, a you know a well above five hundred team you know, 85 to 95 win team kind of team. And it's just disappointing to see that year in, year out, there are so many factors that go into them just not spending money. Uh, they say they have this big, you know, this this whole plan and they have their eyes on these players and then they never do anything. And we thought, especially, you know, as a fan base, I think all of us thought that this was going to be the year that they spend because Ben Charrington's been there for a little bit now. You know, his plan's in place. You know, he's a guy that's turned organizations around before. I think he won one World Series with the Red Sox, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he was with the Cubbies for a bit. Did he win? Was he there when they won their World Series in 16? Probably. I, think, I have no idea. I, th- I think he was their GM in 16, if I'm not mistaken. So, like, he's a guy that has a track record of, you know, having success with major league clubs. And in the winter, Bob Nutting sold Seven Springs. Seven Springs is a ski resort in, you know, the southwestern Pennsylvania area that brought in, like, billions of dollars a year. Like, it made probably just as much money as the Pirates did. And he sold that. So we're like, okay, Bob Nutting somehow is even richer than he was for a very long time. He's definitely going to use maybe... 25 million of that to throw at somebody get us like a 60 million dollar 65 million dollar payroll you know something that's at least kind of respectable and instead no we spent i think maybe two million dollars more than the oakland athletics who spent literally zero dollars in free agency and And traded everyone and look at the crowd (laughs) turn out that they're getting like three thousand or less it's so pathetic it's just i get rebuilding i understand rebuilding but for Oh, for the love of God, at least try to entice the fans to show up a little bit. Don't say, oh, our two best players are Frankie Montas and Sean Murphy, who are very good players in their own right. But then after that, we have 37 guys that should be playing double A ball right now. Hmm. Tony Kemp starts at them, starts for them at second base. He's terrible. (laughs) Now, what what would happen if the Pirates traded Brian Reynolds? Would there, would, would, the the fan base there just total go totally berserk. I know myself and a couple other guys that are content creators that vehemently said that we would just not root for them this year if they traded Reynolds. Yeah. When when you have listen, he was a six point six WAR player last year. Now I don't know if you know what the salary equation is to from salary to WAR because they equate that every one WAR is worth eight million dollars worth of a team's salary or $8 million worth of that player's salary, whatever. So Mike Trout, on average, when he gets like an 11 war season, is worth like basically $90 million. So last year, Brian Reynolds for us, with just under a seven war, was worth approximately $50 million. Our payroll is 35. Like, like we have a dude that's worth $15 million more according to, you know, sabermetrics than our whole roster makes combined. It's just, it's ridiculous to think about it. Like that's our superstar center fielder. If they were going to trade him and they got anything less, like for example, uh, who's the one team they were looking at trading him to? Um, it was, it was the big team. It wasn't Miami. Uh, oh God, who was it? it? There was somebody big that they kept talking about trading him to. And I responded to a tweet and I was like, I am, I think it might've been the Padres. 
Yeah, it was oh, the yeah. It was yeah. The Padres. And I was like, if they trade Brian Reynolds and they don't get back a package of four players out of these like six that that includes three of their top five prospects and another guy that's major league, like already on the major league roster. I think I said CJ Abrams, Mackenzie Gore, uh, uh, Camposano, and uh, Trent Grisham. Because you're mm-hmm. getting a center fielder back, you don't need you don't need Grisham anymore, and we should get we should be able to get for a seven war player three top prospects. As far as I'm concerned, yeah. I, I, unless they did that deal, I wouldn't have even sniffed it. I wouldn't have even thought about it. Anything they sent me would have been rebuffed if it didn't have four of the like the six caliber players that I thought would be in it. Uh, it just I've been disappointed in the past by some of the trades they've made. You know, the Garrett Cole deal looks just good. The more and more you look back, oh, excuse me, more and more you look back at it, it's just. Such a ridiculous deal to think that we traded Garrett Cole, mm-hmm. who is the best pitcher on the team that is currently the best team in baseball record-wise, the New York Yankees, for Joe Musgrove, who's great, don't get me wrong. Joe Musgrove, uh, a relief pitcher whose name is escaping me, if that tells you anything, and Colin Moran, who is on the Cincinnati Reds, and I don't think he's playing well right now, if at all. Mm. You know, it's such a ridiculous thing to think about that we traded that guy, even though he wasn't that guy yet. When we traded Garrett Cole, he was basically, statistically speaking, a 2-3 at best. He wasn't an ace. Even though he was our ace, he wasn't an ace. He blossomed into the ace. He became the player we thought he was going to be. But when we traded him, he wasn't that. So I understand that. But hindsight's twenty twenty. He's one of, if not, you know... One of the best players, and one of the best pitchers in baseball. I'm not going to say he's the best because Jacob Degrom is, and I don't think there's any debating that, regardless of his health. Um, but you know, it, it's just ridiculous to look back on a trade like that and not feel that we just got so screwed as a as a fan base. You know, I'm I'm glad you brought up uh, the uh, Garrett Cole deal. Um, Brooke just showed me a video the other day. Uh, and do you want to talk about this, Brick? Because I feel like I haven't let you hardly talk at all this whole uh, episode here. I'm drawing a blank on that video because I sent you a couple. Which one was uh, it? It's the one where he's the illegal substance on, oh, on his backside. The stuff gotcha. on his pants. Yeah, yeah, so there was like, a, I don't remember the guy who published it or whatnot, but I'm like, I'm sending it, so I'm like, hmm, that's going to be a topic. I forget what day he was pitching or who they were up against, but, like, every mm-hmm. pitch, you, he had, like, what looked like dirt on the back of his pants that he kept wiping, and we kind of know the backstory with, with Cole ever since they took the substances away from him. He's been awful. So there's a lot of people that were kind of like, hmm. So I don't know if it was any kind of substance like that, but... For me, it kind of looks like dirt. I'm like, all right, I'm watching this a couple times. You know, he throws his pitch, he wipes it. Okay, but then it's like the second base umpire is like in direct view of him, even his backside, as much as that's weird to say, but it's true. And like none of the umpires, at least in that clip, had said anything about it. They didn't like tra- check him or anything. They didn't check his glove, his hat, or anything. So it must have not been a big deal, or they just completely missed it. So I, I don't know. I honestly think it was rosin. Uh, it was like a, it was like a rosin mixture to keep his hand from being sweaty. Mm-hmm. Pitchers have used rosin bags forever. Yeah, it, 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 I don't think it was an illegal substance because if it was an illegal substance, I think we would have noticed a stark um, difference in his spin rate and you know things like that. And it, according to what I've seen, it's been pretty consistent across the board to start the year. So if he's been doing it every game, that would make sense. 
but you know, maybe one game he goes out there and he doesn't have what looks to be turd on his pants and, <laughs> and you know, the spin rate goes down and the velo goes down, whatever. But I, I don't think it was anything illegal. I don't think he's stupid enough to get caught twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we, we talked about this last week. I believe about the whole, uh, deal with the, the, the baseball, how, uh, pitchers were complaining about, uh, they're not able to get any control uh, with the baseball. It's it's just slipping out of their. Uh, it's putting in batters in danger. Uh, Max Scherzer even compared it to throwing a cue ball. Yep. Uh, which you know is it, it's a scary thought. Uh, how, how how would you, uh, if you were commissioner, uh, go about this? Uh, I, I've heard that there's uh, different um, baseballs go- being rotated in and out, different textures. Uh, I, I for one, think that there should just be one uniform texture. I don't, I don't really know why we're using uh, two or three different textures of baseballs. I think it should just be uh, one one texture uh, where uh, a pitcher can can. Uh, have a decent grip on it, not too much of a uh, of a grip where they can, you know, throw, uh, you know, wicked spitballs or whatever. Um, how would you How would you go about uh, dealing with that? Uh, uniform baseballs across the board, one hundred percent. They need to use the same ball at every game, at every park. Every pitcher needs to use the same thing. Uh, it should never change in season. You know, maybe if you want to change at the start of the year, maybe there were too few home runs hit last year and you want to kind of juice them up a little bit. That's fine. Juice them up a little bit, get more home runs in the game, make people excited, whatever. That works for me. Um, So, you know, make the decision before the year what kind of baseball you're going to use and then use it all year. Don't change it. Regardless of what's happening, make it go the full year and then make the change the next season if it needs to be changed. Um, Mm -hmm. Because that does cause an issue. I know I'm a a guy that when I was pitching, I I was a power pitcher. Uh, you know, I was never really a command or finesse guy. I was going to get up there. I was going to take that fastball and I was going to blow it by you, or I was going to make you look stupid with one of my breaking pitches, or I was going to throw it way out of the strike zone and you weren't going to swing at it anyways. You know, like that, that was just how I was built as a player. So feel for me mattered a lot because Mm -hmm. if I went out there and I had a ball that I didn't have a good feel for, I would never have a good game. Like if if you're not a command guy, if you're not a control guy, you're a power guy that throws that big fastball or, you know, has that, the you know, the wipeout slider or whatever. If you can't have that little bit of control because of the feel of the ball, you're instantly going to go from, you know, maybe a top of the line caliber arm to just looking like you've never been on a mound before. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's 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 simple things like that that can really, really mess with a pitcher. Um, so I would have the uniform baseballs. I'd make the decision prior to the year starting. Are we going to continue using the same baseball as we did last year? You know, I, I personally think their best bet would be to go every two years, you know, reevaluate it every two years. Are, are, are there, are the averages and home runs way too high across the board? Do we have, you know, 30, 40 home run hitters? Or do we have, you know, 340 home run hitters? Like, mm-hmm. do we want to find a happy median in there? Where are we looking for as, as a, as a, you know, commissioner's office, as a group of executives, what are we looking for from our product that will attract fans to the box office per se, get fans in the seats? Um, so I would do that. And the other thing I would do with those baseballs being uniform, I would ever so slightly raise the seams. 
I was never a fan of a baseball that had pretty much flat seams on them. And I, th I can't, I can't remember what year it was, but I want to say it was my sophomore year of college. We switched to those balls that basically had what felt like no seams. And mm -hmm. I absolutely hated using them. I want something that I want that grip. So mm -hmm. and what's going to give you that grip more than the baseball itself, having, you know, a slightly rough texture rather than being super duper smooth is the laces. It's get, like, slightly increase the size of them. You don't need to make it to where they're an albatross that, you know, makes you hold a baseball with your fingers and a giant, you know, velociraptor grip. Like, mm -hmm. hold it like a baseball, but give yourself a little something to hold on to. You know what I mean? So th mm -hmm. those would be the three things I would do or for whatever I said. That's what I would do to fix that issue. Yeah, you don't, don't use different baseballs. Make the distinction before the year or every two seasons, you know, make a determination there. And the seams need to be slightly raised. Not, not big, you know, mm -hmm. not, 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 super high not flat they need to have a seam there period you need, you need to be able to have a good grip on a on a seam yep <laughs> i just think that it's there's just uh too much of a danger to these uh, batters uh the way the baseballs are now i've seen too many uh uh batters get hit by baseballs and uh sooner or later someone's gonna get really seriously hurt yeah, and, there have been a lot of near misses with headshots this year. Yeah, and definitely. I, I don't think they've been intentional, except for maybe one. No, I yeah, I agree, and I think the I can't I, I can't even remember the one intentional one, but I um who was it um was it the, was it the one last week with uh, the Cardinals and yeah. yeah the one that sparked the fight because four four Mets hitters got hit in a series or something and uh, somebody went up and in and I it was a show me pitch I don't think the brawl should have happened I I think the Cardinals overreacted but I also yeah. hate that team so uh, <laughs> I'm, a little, I'm a little biased in that aspect but I think that they overreacted number one and I I understand it was Arenado which is why. They reacted the way they did. Like maybe yeah. if it was someone lesser that wasn't as important, they wouldn't have lost their minds as much. But like you hit four batters in a series, you're going to get hit or at least brushed off the plate. Maybe the team, you know, the, the unwritten rule of baseball, which I hate the unwritten rules. I know uh, it, it's a purist thing. I, and for the most part, I am a baseball purist, but most of the unwritten rules I think are asinine and don't need to be even involved when it comes mm -hmm. to actual games anymore. Um, but like if you hit multiple of my guys, we're hitting at least one of you. That's yep. just how it works. We're not going to try to injure you. We're not going to try to, you know, kill you, but we're going to hit you. I might hit you in the thigh or I might try to hit you in the thigh. Maybe I miss and hit you in the leg at some, you know, at some point, you know, I'm not a fan of hitting people in the kidneys. I think that's a little messed up because you, you know, you're throwing 99 miles an hour. You hit somebody in the kidneys that, that, that they could bleed. They could die. Like you, you don't yeah. want to try and hurt somebody that bad. Hit them in the leg, hit them, you know, in the meat of the arm somewhere where they can take it and just, you yep. know, move on about their day. Hit him in the butt. Hit, hit him right in the butt cheek. Sean Murphy. Sean Murphy, greatest clip in the MLB this year. Sean Murphy's cheeks clapping when yep. he got hit by a friggin' slider. Like, you know, it, it, it's one of those things that, like, if you're going to hit somebody, don't hit them somewhere where you could hurt them. And if you hit multiple people in a span of a couple games, be prepared to have somebody hit, especially if you hit people that are important to that team. Be prepared to have your star hit. That's just how it is. Yeah. That's just point blank period. That's how it is. That's how it's going to stay. I remember uh, when I was playing high school, I was at bat and uh, a pitcher threw one inside, and I turned, I turned my shoulder uh, into it and and uh, got hit right in my shoulder blade or right by it, and I could see the seams <laughs> just imprinted in, into my shoulder. 
uh, for a couple days. It was it was crazy. Uh, but yeah, it, it hurt for a few, but I was fine. I mean, uh, you know, it, it 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 is what it is. That's baseball. I um, severely injured a kid once when oh, I was man. pitching, and it, it's 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 something that lives with me to this day because I can still visualize it. I was throwing a no hitter. This was Pony League. I was fourteen. I was throwing a no hitter, and a kid came up to the plate who had looked foolish. Really, like he like he was probably one of their lower hitters in the lineup. He just looked really, really bad. Mm-hmm. And my dad was sitting in the crowd and the stands were only on that side of the field for their side of the team for like for their team side. And my dad heard the coach walk up to the hitter before he went into the batter's box and said, I don't care where the next pitch is lean into it and get on base. Huh. It just so happened. The next pitch that my catcher called was a fastball up and in. Mm. I hit him right in the ear flap. Because he leaned directly over the plate and he ate it. Like, I hit him directly in the ear. And I was like, oh, my God, I killed the kid. Because at that point, I was, you know, we were only thrown from like 50-some-odd feet. So my fastball, even though I was only throwing probably like 73, 74, it looked like 90. Like, it looked like I was throwing a lot harder than I was because we were so much closer. Mm -hmm. And so imagine getting hit in the ear on that. And I'm, I'm, the kid's laying on the ground. He's, like, crying. I'm, like, feeling horrible about it. And then he stands up and he obviously has to go touch first base to, you know, be declared safe. And then they can get a pinch runner, take him out of the game, get him where he needs to go, whatever. So he gets up and starts walking. And this is what changed it. The, I'm, I'm apologizing to him profusely. Like I felt so, so bad. I'd never hit anybody like that before. This mm-hmm. kid takes his hand, takes his helmet off, cracks his neck, puts the helmet back on. And I see blood. I see blood on his ear. Okay. Oh. So I'm like, okay, I messed this kid up. You know what I mean? I'm like, I really hurt him. And I thought that, you know, he was just like maybe trying to like just stretch it out a little bit. And then he puts the helmet on and goes, boom, boom, hits himself in the head. I'm like, what is wrong with you, you Neanderthal? Like, you're already <laughs> stupid. Like, what are you doing? I already like damaged your head. Why are you doing that? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't feel bad anymore after that. But like, I look back on that sometimes and I'm like, dude, I really could have hurt that kid. And it wouldn't have been my fault because I was just, I was throwing the pitch. I threw the pitch exactly where it was called. And the kid did what the coach told him to do, and he leaned into the pitch and took it. Like, you know, like, ugh. Just don't aim for anybody's head, man. <laughs> it's basically, like, it's a horrible feeling. I, I, wonder, I wonder what he's doing right now. I wonder where he is. I don't know. I hope he's hitting himself in the head somewhere. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget that visual. I'll, man. I'll never forget it. Um, is there anything else we need to cover, Brick, before we close out? Um, we had some new content drop today. Um, Headliner, I think, a showdown, and I'm sure I'm missing some other stuff. Do we have a new Conquest map? I believe so. Maybe, maybe not. I think that came out the other day. Yeah, that might oh. have been it. Let's see. I have, I, yeah, I, um, is that something that maybe we can cover another time? Of course. Okay, because I feel like, uh... I feel like uh, we should uh, let Pseudo go and and uh, carry on or, or go on about his evening. And uh, but uh, before we do that, we I we should probably go over the uh, scores real quick, um, like we always do. Um, I'm just checking the Dodger game right now. Uh, there's uh, Dodgers are up actually two to nothing uh, in the top of the sixth inning. Uh, Dodgers only have two hits in that game, but uh, they're they're leading thanks to Chris Taylor's two-run single. Uh, Red Sox are up 
or actually Red Sox over the Angels four to nothing. So, so much for uh, well, we'll see. They only got three hits, so I doubt Tampa had any of them, but we'll see. Um, actually, nope. Taylor Ward went zero for three. So, yikes. Um, Trout went one for four. Otani, which we were talking, actually, um, Otani's having a really slow start uh, to the year so far. Uh, Yeah, I know, right? We we have that thing, uh, this uh, whole uh, uh, issue with Otani. I don't know. How how do you go ahead and and, and tell tell Sudo uh, uh, our whole issue with Otani real quick? keep it short and sweet. This was back um, for the MVP race last year between him and Vladdy, and then we were going on about him being a two-way and, and Vladdy not being a two-way, so there's a whole episode on it. I'm sure I'll find it or whatever for those that are curious. Anyways, for, for some reason to this day, I think he's just overrated. People want to make the argument, oh, but he's such a good pitcher. Eh, okay. Fair. But even at the end of the day, you look at the stats and you compare him to somebody else, Maybe they're league average, above league average. Sure, you could call me a, a Otani hater, fine. But I do admit, he is a little overrated. But maybe that's just me. But from since that day, and kind of anytime we we get a chance to, or at least me, anytime we get a chance to kind of shit on Otani, I'm going to take it. Like, I'm not like that dude that's going to, like, hate on him. I'm just going to say, oh, you're overrated. Like, sure, you can hit, but even then, you're not the best hitter on your team. I still think that goes to Mike Trout. You're really not the best pitcher in the league. I would still stand by the fact that you're maybe a little bit above league average. And then my favorite thing to do is compare him to him and Vladdy in the MVP race and then still shit on him in, in favor for Vladdy. So there's just something with me and Otani where we just don't click or we just don't like each other. Not that he knows who I am or anything like that. So just my little running joke. Do you think that's fair or, or uh, one that thinks that... Uh... Otani is uh, one of the best players in the league. Uh, <laughs> I think that's ridiculous. <laughs> um, listen, Shohei Otani in five years at the major league level, whether you think he's not one of the best hitters or whatever, has a 877 OPS. Okay. That means, considering, well, I'm trying to think of what league average is for OPS. I want to say league average is like seven something. So he's clearly above average there. He also has an OPS plus in his career of 136, which means he's 36% above league average for his career. Okay. Also, on the mound, this is a guy who's obviously had elbow injuries, Tommy John surgery. Yeah. yeah. On the mound in his career in only 39 starts, admittedly, he has, he averages... 11 uh, more than 11 strikeouts per nine less than seven hits per nine has a career era of 3.59 in 203 innings he's only allowed 155 hits in 203 innings his career whip is 1.1.153 an elite whip at like the big league level is like 1.1.2 ish like, if you're really good, if you're an above-average starter. So he's better than that. Okay, okay. Like, this is a guy 
that last year his whip was 1.09. So it was slightly higher than his 1.086 is this year. And he's a guy that if he, if his walks were down ever so slightly, which they are this year, but he's actually allowed a couple more hits. You know, it, it's, this is a dude that's going to go on stretches where he's not going to allow a run for like three straight starts. Like you, you can't call a guy that can be above average as a hitter and above average as a pitcher, both at the major league level, overrated. That's asinine. Okay, okay. That's, that's... Whether you think he's the best pitcher on the planet or whether you think he's the best hitter on the planet or whether you think he sucks at both or he's made it both, he's doing both of those things better than 99% of players can do one thing. Well, it wouldn't be the first time someone called me asinine, so that's... <laughs> I'm it's just that's it's a terrible take. No, I'm sorry. No, that's great. <laughs> that's why it's a running joke on the channel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, that, hurt me, that hurt me to hear. Uh, <laughs> exactly for that reason, it spark up a debate. Oh yeah. Um. It, it gets it gets it gets the conversation out there. Mm-hmm. As hey, listen. As as they said in uh, Step Brothers, nobody knows what it means, but it gets the people going. Exactly. That's right. That's right. That's right. Also, in your chat, uh, Baron plays sports. Said Dusty Baker won his two thousandth game tonight for the Astros. Oh, nice boats and rows. Yes, um, okay. <laughs> I actually have Step Brothers right up there in my little movie cabinet up there. Um, yeah, I love that movie. It's uh, it's awesome. Um, okay, uh, athletics base. People at the game. Um, I don't know. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, yeah, they, actually, that game is in the bottom of the seventh. So, uh, Mets uh, have Mets beat the Braves 5-4. to four. Uh, Braves are not having a real good year so far. Um, keep in mind, they were in, like, fourth place last year, midway through the year on the World Series. So. That's right. And, and they don't have Acuna yet. No. I think didn't, uh, he, just, he just came back. Mm-hmm. He just came back, yeah. Um, actually, they lost a doubleheader. Uh, so that really sucks. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Mets uh, uh, take the uh, second game three to nothing. Um, Marlins uh, got beat by the Diamondbacks five to four. Uh, Rangers over the Phillies six to four. Uh, Twins over the Orioles seven to two. Uh, Twins. I'm hoping for the. Twins to have a better year this year. Um, that's another fan base that uh, kind of deserves to have a good team this year. Um, Yankees over the Blue Jays. Uh, so should I even talk about the Cubs right now? Mm, I don't know. Yeah, I'm glad it wasn't two weeks ago. That's right. White Sox-, <laughs> White Sox over the Cubs 3-1. to one. Sorry. It's the White Sox. Uh, I'm okay. Are you serious? I'm okay. Okay. You, you mentioned with the whole thing about uh, um, uh, somebody on the Reds not playing very well. Uh, Brewers over the uh, Reds six to three. Reds have only won three. Yeah, they're like three and twenty-two or something now. Yeah, three and twenty. Um, my girlfriend just texted me. Where are you? I'm still doing the podcast. I have my um, wife downstairs, so I'm sure she's gonna be like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> I was like, "We, we got to get, we got to get Suno out of here." Um, <laughs> Astros over the Mariners, four to nothing. 
Royals over the Cardinals, 7-1. Nationals over the Rockies, 10-2. And the Padres over the Guardians. Uh, no, Padres and Guardians have been postponed until the Guardians get a better name. Uh, well, Suda, it was awesome having you on again. Thank for being on and giving us your 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 player of the month picks and your honest opinions. I appreciate it. It was so good talking to you. Uh, continued success in your TikTok videos. Uh, you're up 10,000 followers. That is just insane. Uh, on TikTok, 1,200 on YouTube, 1,300 on Twitch. So we're getting somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. Uh, and uh, and 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 you're you're still growing. Uh, so yeah, continued success and uh, uh, continued uh, continued success in your marriage. Uh, you know, just just don't go to bed angry, and just remember your wife is always right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes, she is. <laughs> but thank you guys for having me on again. So it's always a good time. I'm sure we'll do it again. You know, maybe oh, next yeah. month when they do the when we have to do this whole thing again, who knows? <laughs> that would be that would be awesome. I'd be down for that. I'm sure Brick also. Um, this is Dodger and the Polar Express Kid. <laughs> Saying peace, love, and baseball. We will see you next time. You are out.